from the ESPN 690 and the Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Welcome in, everybody, here on a Tuesday of NFL Draft Week in Jacksonville. We are down in St. John's County right outside I Cry. I've been telling you about them. Grand opening the other day. Well, now we're hanging out here. I might get some compression on the show today. So uh, that actually might happen. Uh, I'm going to get better, healthier while I'm here. So elevate your lifestyle. Believe in your health and talk some sports with us. Come on down. Say hello. Uh, we'll be here until 6 o'clock at... Uh, the uh, pavilion at Durban Park. There's so many different names down here with everything being built. Uh, but this is the pavilion at Durban Park and, well, right next to the Home Depot, if that's an identifier for you. If you've been down this new, like, town center-ish area, there's things popping up left and right. And uh, iCryo just opened on Saturday, so day four of business for them. And we are here with Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Of course, we are here talking the NFL draft. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, everybody's got their opinions. We mentioned a lot of them yesterday. Got some fun things floating around on the Jags Twitter and social media, including the offensive line. I, I still can't get over how many of you would like to see offensive line for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I don't know if that is because you don't have this great feeling about Hutchinson and Walker or you really just want to do anything you can to sleep better at night and protect Trevor Lawrence. And I'm not faulting you for that, by the way. I think there's an element of that that does exist for the Jacksonville Jaguars in this draft. I, I just still kept a lot of trouble finding the logic from a needs standpoint of offensive line being the guy. But if that's the best player available, would you take the best player at number one? And I can argue that, too. So we'll continue to talk a little bit about it, about the Nets. Uh, big story around the sports world is probably Kevin Durant and the Nets. And Casey Kurtz back in the Action Sports Jack Studios. This crossed my mind. Shouldn't the bigger story be the Celtics? Uh, yes. Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, a lot of people, even though the Celtics were a much higher seed, were counting on Brooklyn to win and even still get to the finals. So, yeah, I think the Celtics probably are getting a little undershadowed in this, which might play well for them in the future. But let's be honest, Brent, the biggest story in sports, two minutes in, semifinal for the Champions League in Manchester City leads two minutes into the game. Who are they playing? Uh, Real Madrid. Oh, good. Uh, good that I knew the opponents in the biggest sports story going on. So you're locked into the TV screen. Austin Lane not here. I need a good uh, Robin now. Okay, a little Batman and Robin. I, I need, gotcha. need a partner. And we got soccer. Chelsea's not playing. You don't have to watch that. No, but two minutes in. Think about soccer in two minutes. In two minutes, they scored. It's it's nuts. Kevin DeBruyne. Anyway, not important. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, that's good. So I'm just keeping you updated on the biggest story. But anyway, to your point, uh, yeah, agree the Celtics need the credit they deserve for absolutely sweeping the Nets and making them potentially break down what they built this year because now the questions are Kyrie, Kevin Durant, will they stay together? So the Celtics do deserve credit in this, absolutely. Yeah, I think – well, that's the thing. Listen, I understand Celtics score higher seed, all that stuff, but um, sometimes you got to give props to the team. I mean, they – did have done a good job, so you should give props to them uh, as well, I think, in all of this, and I'm not sure enough people are. So uh, we, we'll talk a little bit more about the NBA, although, I mean, listen, if this was LeBron James, this would be a much bigger story. It just shows you the difference between a guy like LeBron and Kevin Durant, in Absolutely. my estimation, in terms of star power. I, I think that really uh, is the showcase. Uh, anything change over the last uh, 24 hours in our feelings toward the draft? Are we going, getting up every morning and saying, oh, 
wait a minute, I heard this. I feel like the Jags are going to do this now. Uh, how much are we seesawing around on our thoughts uh, just in trying to predict what's going to happen, or are we pretty locked into what we think is going to happen? Like, I believe, Casey, that it's Hutchinson or Walker. Right. I don't mind Walker. I think there are some people that do, but I don't. And that's cool with me that that Walker could be the number one pick and is the odds-on favorite. I'll tell you this. I also will have no problem if Aiden Hutchinson's a pick. Like, there's no level of disappointment for me. The level of disappointment then gets to uh, offensive lineman? Really? Like, guard? Like, what do you do? And, and I've talked about this so many times, I'm not going to say it again, but what does that mean about what you said about Walker Little, about what you're doing with Cam Robinson, all these other things? So um, I think it's just a two-horse race right here. And honestly... If it's either one of those guys, I think I'm satisfied as a Jags fan. Yeah, I mean, I think to the point, I think everyone believes what they want to believe at this point, and there's no changing minds. Like, there's a lot of people that wanted to pick offensive line. We got people in the stream commenting it. We got just people on Twitter. Heck, Brian Middleton wants him to pick offensive line. And really? People, yeah, I don't d- – d- don't worry about Brian Middleton. He, you know, his opinion, okay, it is what it is. But there's so many people that wanted to pick offensive line, and if that's your – they're, they're not coming off of that. And you know what? That is what it is. I don't want them to do that, as with you. Give me a pass rusher. Give me Thibodeau. I know you're not going to, but that's where I'd love for him to go. But you give me a pass rusher, and I guess I'll be content. If they pick offensive linemen, and this is just my opinion, everyone has their own, I'll be disappointed and disgruntled fan once again. Because in my opinion, we talked about it. You can't do it. You can't pick a guard number one. You cannot do it. You have, no, you have a hole at pass rusher. You fill the hole, marquee position. But... People feel the certain way they want to feel, and right now everyone's locked in. I don't think any minds are changing. Yeah, well, I agree with that. I think, you know, somebody said to me that if Trevon Walker is the pick, that Daly's place would boo. I don't buy that. Um. Yeah, I, I would be surprised, like a heavy boo. Well, like, yeah. It's like- a weird draft where I think... If they pick Evan Neal, there'll be a, a section that boos and a section that claps. You know, I think that could be the case for anybody because I don't think everybody is sold on one person. Now, an overwhelming boo, I don't buy that. Yeah, I don't think it would be overwhelming either way. But, I mean, I think, uh, was it the Blake Bortles year? Again, I was at that draft, but I think it was the Blake Bortles year. There were a little bit of a smattering of some boos, if I'm not mistaken. We had the Justin Blackman year where it was at the town center, the draft party, and that place went nuts. Um, obviously, last year it was uh, a loud ovation for Trevor Lawrence, and, and that was the worst-kept secret. I think of guys like Josh Allen in the past, no booing there. Jalen Ramsey, no booing there. Um, you know, Taven Bryan was the 28th pick. I mean, come on, it couldn't be anybody at that time, and I'm not sure. I don't remember the reaction, quite frankly, uh, during that time. But I just – it was interesting when somebody put it to me like that. I'm like, well, I – I don't sense that. And I'm going to be at Daly's Place. We're going to be live on TV while the pick is being made. And you're going to see everybody's reaction, by the way, on Fox 30 at that time. We'll take the reaction live on Fox 30. And we'll take the reaction at Sneakers. We'll take the reaction at the Daly's. We'll take the reaction in Las Vegas. We'll take our reaction. And, like, I'll be happy with Trayvon Walker. And I think most people will, too. I don't know if we're just looking at something that we, we think can go wrong or not, but there are, listen, there are people on my Twitter feed that we interact with with the Jags that don't love the idea of Trayvon Walker. And I don't know if that's him or really the Jags more. 
Like, we talked about this a lot yesterday. If the Ravens were about to take Trayvon Walker, we'd think they were about to make him into a perennial pro bowler, all pro, and be a key piece to a defense that's going to be awesome for a decade. If the Jags take him, are we concerned what they're going to do because of the trends and because of the last decade and plus? And so I think there's a little bit of that. The scar tissue exists, and I understand that. But I'm telling you, I think this kid's a good football player. And if you use them right and you do what you're supposed to do as an NFL franchise, as coaches and everything else, then you should be okay with Trayvon Walker. Uh, but, again, the one I come back to is this love affair with the offensive line that I just don't understand. I, I didn't think there'd be this many of you that would love the offensive line as much as you do. Uh, Demetrius Harvey, who covers the Jags, put this out there today. Uh, and I had a reactionary tweet to it, not in a bad way. I just was thinking about it because I thought this was pretty good. Uh, he said, can you imagine if they pick Iki Aquanu and here's your offensive line? Cam Robinson on the left tackle. Iki Aquanu left guard. Tyler Shatley center. Brandon Scherf uh, right guard. And combination of Walker Little and Jawan Taylor, one or the other, at the right tackle. He says, not bad. I would agree with that. I would agree. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. But what I asked is, is that a better scenario for the Jags, having Iquanu at left guard? Does he make their offensive line better? Does he protect everything better with Shatley in the middle, surrounded by Iquanu and Sheriff on the interior? Or are you better off, let's just say a Linderbaum slips to 33, or you want to go get him at 28? Are you better off with Cam Robinson, a Ben Barch, or even a, I didn't put this on my tweet, but Will Richardson Jr., whoever wins the job? Are you better off with Linderbaum is supposed to be this decade-long center, Brandon Sheriff, and then Walker Little or Jawan Taylor? So, like, really, couldn't we debate that? Like, what makes your line better? You have an, a, a really good, talented guy at guard, or you have a really good, talented guy at center? I think I'd sit here and argue the center position is, is more valuable, right? Yeah, no, I, I saw that tweet. I like where you were going with that. Um... Yeah, I think the center position, obviously you feel good with Shatley, but, you know, a lot relies on the center position, obviously, and you got to get that right. As little as it's talked about, it's an important position to get right, and the Jags haven't had to worry about that when Brandon Linder was in town. Now that that's not the situation, yeah, the center center's a position you got to pay attention to. Obviously, you're not going to draft Linderbaum at number one, but I understand the point you're trying to make there, and I, I agree with you. Center is more important, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, listen, the Jags at... At their guard positions the last couple of years, who's played it? It's been a little Ben Barch. It's been, at times, even Tyler Shatley. It's been A.J. AJ Can. Yep. And and I have sat here, and I've said this, so I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to be this hypocritical guy. I thought there were times where A.J. Ken was their most reliable guy in the offensive line. Yeah. And I'm, he wasn't an all-pro. Wasn't a pro bowler, but he also wasn't an eyesore. He wasn't a problem. He was durable. He was a lot of things. And this is a guy, by the way, that I, I always say the story because I remember, I think it was in Indianapolis, I said, hey, man, uh, you've had a great career. Well, it's been a good career. I, wouldn't say, I don't think I said great, but it's been a good career here in Jacksonville. I don't know what's going to happen with you. I think you're a free agent, uh, but appreciate it, you know, all this stuff. And I really didn't anticipate him coming back. Well, then they re-signed him to a deal, and I think it was a good signing by the Jags to bring A.J. Can back. Now they've let him walk and, and wander, and that's okay. And now they have Sheriff on that side. But I'm just one like Ben Barch, Will Richardson Jr., some combination of somebody that maybe you draft in the third round even. Like, is that okay at left guard? And I feel like yes. I feel like center is a way more valuable position to have a stud player. 
And that's why I bring up the Linderbaum part of this, that I think I'd rather be stronger at center than at guard. Yeah. No, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. By the way, 2 nothing Manchester City. Just want to work that in <laughs> 10 minutes into the I game. Mean, 10 minutes in now. It's a wrap. I mean, this it's is going to be like the 21 nothing Cubs game. That would be something. If it gets 21 nothing, that would be pretty incredible, and we'll keep well, you updated on that. 2 nothing feels like 10. Well, t- 2 nothing <laughs> is pretty serious. Gabriel Jesus on that one. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, I look, when you're talking about the guard position, like, don't get me wrong, you got to get it right. But is Ben Barch the worst guard in the NFL? No. Like, is he the best guard? Also, no. But to your point, I think if you're looking at actually making the offensive line better with a starter, the center position is where you go, and you can't pick a guard at number one. You just cannot do it. You can't do it. Like, listen, I will buy just about anything. I would rather you go take Jamison Williams, number one, to help Trevor out. Drake London, but I see your point. Then guard. Yeah. I know you like Drake London. Yeah. But you, you can't like Drake London more than Jameson Williams' speed for this team. Sure you might I like him overall, but for this team. Oh, yeah. Jameson Williams is a better fit, man. We need that guy. Mm. You know. Whatever you say, Brent. But, so I understand. Okay. I, I, by the way, I'm going to get into that in a little bit anyway about the receiver Good. position. I, I, I understand this mentality. Protect the QB. I understand strength and a strength. I get it. I do get it. But again, folks, if you're saying that, and I understand Trevor Lawrence, maybe the most important piece in this franchise is history, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying that, Strengthen and strength, protect, protect Trevor. I think I can make the argument that the guard doesn't elevate Trevor's play that much. It makes you sleep better because maybe you got one more body that's better than the other body you were going to play, and he might not get hurt. But Trevor could still get hurt with Iquanu playing left guard. Right. I think that's why this number one spot, and I've said this for weeks now, if you took logically – Hutchinson, Walker, those kind of players elevate a guy like Josh Allen way more than a guard is going or or even a tackle eventually probably elevates Trevor. That's what I think. I wonder what they would say about that in the building, but, like, I think that is legit. I think if you get a bona fide pass rusher on the other side of Josh Allen, I think now that guy, first of all, becomes good and a weapon and a threat, but you make Josh Allen much better, too. I just don't see the domino effect of adding protection for Trevor, making him, you know, 28 touchdowns, 10 interception guy to 36 touchdowns, 8 interception guy. Yeah. I, I just don't think it correlates like that. And at number one, I think that's why we have an issue play, getting an interior guy. I think that's why it's not valued to that degree. So, and, and the other part doesn't make sense right now. You're, going, you're trying to extend Cam Robinson, and uh, your right side, you've got – a draft pick that you just took last year in the second round and a draft pick four years ago you took in the second round. So they're duking it out on that side. So it's it's really a fascinating – really, I don't really think the conversation is as fascinating. I think the read on at least the people that I'm seeing interacting about the draft, and that's that could be a small poll, by the way. It's a small sample. I just think it's really interesting how many of you want offensive line at number one. I, I just – I will say it for the 400th time. I don't find the logic in it for the Jacksonville Jaguars the way they have shaped up this offseason and the way they're built right now. I, I can't make a lot of sense out of it. Yeah, I agree with you. And I see, you know, got got a good feedback on the stream right now, and it's literally back and forth. we got some people that want it uh, offensive line, some people that don't. So I think it's, I think it's such a fascinating thing because I wouldn't have expected, if we go back and 
when we figured out that the Jags were going to have the number one pick, so like August sometime, um, I never would have saw this coming between offensive line and like pass rate. You know what I mean? Like during the season, this would have never been a conversation knowing that Cam Robinson stayed. You see what I'm saying there? Yeah, yeah. Like it's funny how we got to this point when really your whole offensive line is still intact except Andrew Norwell, obviously. So I think it's just – and you even upgraded at the other guard position. So I think it's fascinating how you get to this point. Well, I, I was – you know, you said that too. It's like uh, what you could upgrade, how the dominoes fall, the Cam Robinson – tagging really set this off in a different direction and, and quite frankly I was a believer that you probably should have tagged Chark instead and I was surprised they tagged Cam to some degree and I'm even more surprised that this isn't just a one year let's see and they're willing to go all in on Cam now by the way like, I don't not like Cam Robinson as a tackle I think he's done a nice job I think he's a, he's probably above average player I just don't know if he's an elite player and it feels like in that position you're always looking to get elite 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 and I'm just not sure they are. Uh, you know, somebody just tweeted, said, hey, if you get, like, let's just say, that, like some people actually now have talked them into mixing Demetrius's thoughts and mine together where they want Linderbaum in the second round and they want Aquanu as well, and boom, you fix the offensive line for 10 years. They absolutely cannot do it. They, I mean, well, you can. I, I, you no, like no, no, big you, bodies, but. You can. I'm just saying, like, please draft somebody that plays a position with stats just for, you know, something to talk about. But, like, here, here's what I would say to that. And, again, I understand if you listen to us, like, daily for three hours, I might have re- repeated this a time or two. I will go back and give, give me the best offensive lines in football that were, like, unequivocally the best line. And I go back to the Dallas Cowboys. And they won nothing. Yeah. Like, the Dallas Cowboys had the best offensive line what seemed like five years. It was probably, like, three years. They had invested a ton. They were good there. They were really good there. And, by the yeah. way, their quarterback got hurt, and they won nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nothing at all. Like, and, and now listen, I know what you're going to tell me. You're going to say, well, Brent, that Tampa Bay offensive line is really good. And you're right. They're really good. And Tom Brady, though, makes any offensive line better. Right. Just go back and look at his resume in New England. Didn't always have the best offensive lines. Didn't have the richest offensive lines. Didn't have the best invested offensive lines. And he managed. Peyton Manning managed for years like that, too. So those guys, you may be talking a little bit different at what they made. Now, they were good in Tampa. Don't get me wrong. So that's a good example of it. But I'll also give you the Indianapolis offensive line recently. What have they won? They have been – that's a strength of the football team. Some people believe over the last few years it's one of the best in the, in the NFL. And what have they done? So is it that important when you get a team like Cincinnati saying, hey, we're going to invest and try to get guys, but we haven't got guys. We still stink right there. Oh, by the way, we go to the Super Bowl. And this isn't even advocating for the receiver like they did, but it's like do you have to be as good as every fan seemingly wants to be at offensive line to be good? Right. I would argue that pass rusher, you need to be better than offensive line. Oh, by the way, look at Tampa. Oh, by the way, look at the Rams, right? I mean, they're better. Look at the Jags when they were good. Look at the Bears when they were good. Look at Seattle all those years. You need to be better at offensive line, folks. Like, if you want to be great at a position, I'm sorry, at defensive line. If you want to be great at a position, offensive line or defensive line, meaning more pass rush, you have got to be actually better at the pass rush. Yeah. No, I think the trends show that. 
Yeah, to your point, Aaron Donald finished the Super Bowl. Like, these last couple Super Bowls, we've seen plays get made and games finished by the pass rush. So to your point, yes, yes. Everything you're saying, I agree with. And when it comes down to a question I was going to ask you, and you might not need time to think about it, but if you do, we can take the break. If offensive line and pass rush are the two options, which we've established they are, who would you rather replace, Ben Barch or Caleb on Chason? Is that simple? Really good call. Uh, really good call. Uh, let's talk more about that. I also have some some receiver thoughts in here. Uh, and to the point where are we not thinking about that part of it enough for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Or are we thinking about it too much based on what they've already done? We are live at iCryo down in St. John's County. This is the pavilion at Durban Park. Come on out. Only the fourth day open for iCryo. Come on, try it out. $39 for a lifestyle service. Uh, we love this stuff. A lot of the kids in town, the athletes in town, they love this stuff as well. you got to try it out. Try out the chamber. It's chilly for a few minutes, but it feels good after the fact and really helps your body out. Uh, believe in your health here at iCryo. We'll be here until 6 o'clock. We're back on ESPN 6 9. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, you know, having all my friends and family and, you know, growing up locally in the Valley, uh, everybody was there every step of the way uh, from our first four years in the NFL. But uh, just the opportunity to come here to Jacksonville and, you know, play under Coach Peterson and play with Trevor Lawrence and you know, the great roster that we have, uh, you know, it was hard for me to turn down. And uh, just really excited uh, for the new opportunity and uh, a new fresh start, you know, here in Jacksonville. Is that Christian Kirk? Yep. He was on, uh, what was he on, Coward or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, hey, by the way, Christian Kirk, just tell us why you're really here. Yeah, bro. Who the heck else was going to give you that kind of money? Literally. I mean, we love to have you. We hope you make every penny of it. I don't care how much they gave you. I hope you help Trevor. I hope you help win games. I hear you're a good dude. But why can't these guys just be honest? Like, when you ask them, just be like, hey, did you see the contract? How great would that would have been? That would be great. If he's like, yeah, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson, obviously pretty big deals, but, you know, you seen, you seen the contract? Like, that would be yeah. so fantastic. Well, it would just be like, great, be like, hey, uh, did you see the contract? And, by the way, like, it's a great place to be, man. We can build this thing. Like, you can say all those things, but just be like, uh, listen, I don't want to sell my house right now, okay? But if you want to come offer me a million dollars for it, I'll take it, and I'll find a place to live. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and call. I'll make the best out of the situation. Like, I'll go live in a hotel for six months if I've got it. Um, I mean, we can have fun with that. We can know what it is. I mean, come on, Kirk. We knew what it was. Like, I'd actually like to say, him to say that just to tick off the rest of the NFL and owners and everything because they think that he reset the market anyway. That would be so good. <laughs> it really would be great. I'd order a jersey on the spot. Just tell the truth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, all right. Uh, you asked me a question before. Yeah. Uh, the we commer- the commercial, and I think it's a good question. As we are back here live at iCryo, Ben St. John's uh, County, uh, the pavilion at Durban Park. Come on out, say hello. Cryotherapy, IV therapy, body sculpting, they've got it all here. Red light therapy, have you tried that? Uh, it's the newest wave in some of this technology. Really good stuff. They've got the sauna, the compression. A lot of the uh, athletes, by the way, use all this stuff. All this stuff. I've learned so much over the years from the Jags players on recovery. Calais Campbell used to spend six figures on his body, and obviously the body is their work, but, I mean, it kind of should teach us a little bit of everything about our own bodies in terms of recovery. 
uh, as much as training and being in good shape and all the rest of it. And so uh, this new science and technology in the works right here at iCryo in St. John's County. I've been using it. My family's been using it. We love it. You should come try it out if you haven't yet. You asked me a question, Caleb on Chason upgrade or Ben Barch upgrade? I did ask, yeah. And I will say this about both. And I understand Caleb on Chason, by the way, comes with, hey, you were picked 20th overall and you haven't really done anything yet and you look like you're a bust. I get it. But he is only two years into his career. Okay. So could Brenton Buckner help him, save him? Could he find something? Could We asked that about Taven Bryant. So I'm not asking you to come on board with that. I'm not his agent, okay? I'm, I mean, if he does, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I want him to be good because I think if the Jags whiffed on another pick, which it looks like they have, then, oh, my gosh, here we go again. Like, I really want to get out from that narrative. And if Chason's a pretty good player, even pretty good, well, then at least he could help this football team. So my point here is Ben Barch, Chason drafted different areas and both haven't done much. But I'm not sure we should give up on either guy yet. And Barch came in knowingly was a project. Chason came in knowing he had to perform sooner than a guy like Barch. So that's a little background on that question. That being said, yes, I would I would be okay with Ben Barch playing left guard. Yeah. I don't think this team is getting better at the pass rush enough, or I should buy into it enough, if Chason is, pa- is the pass rusher outside of uh, Josh Allen, uh, alongside Josh Allen. Now, Arden Key might beat him out. DeWan Smoot might do it too. Like, you have other guys. But again, we're looking at getting this much better, like markedly better, not just like marginally better. And quite frankly, I, to answer your question, I think it's a no-brainer. I think I don't even think it's just Chase on Casey. I think it's the whole group. Yeah, I think Smoot's a good player. He's outperformed a lot of his contract. Like he's done a lot of great things. He's not a Pro Bowl player though. Right. And neither is Arden Key, even though he's coming off a really good year. And until he shows us more, he's still a young guy. Could Chase on still a young guy? He could. But what we know about those guys, the answer to your question is no. Uh, A little bit of this, too, is ignorance, because I have no idea how much better a guy like Iki Iquanu is than Ben Barch. And I don't know how we're supposed to measure that. Right. Right? But it... I can't, be- it, I can't believe it's more than what we have at Pass Rush here in Jacksonville right now. So to answer your question, I think it's a good question. Um, I think the answer would be yes, you can upgrade the Pass Rush more than you can upgrade your left guard. And, yeah, I fall in the same spot. And I agree with you. Uh, like, if they draft a Pass Rusher, I'm not saying let's cut Chase on and move on with our lives. That's not it at all. And I like Smoot as well. I think he's done some nice things and a likable guy, obviously. Like, he's... In my opinion, he's turned into one of the guys that you think of when you think of the Jags, good or bad. Uh, I think that's what Smoot has turned into, and I, I want those guys here. But to the point of the question, I, I think you can be better there. Ben Barch, we're going to find out. we got a lot to find out about both of those guys. But I think if you're going to immediately make the move to upgrade one of those positions, has to be pass rush. By the way, uh, on the stream, Zamar says Barch answered my question. Appreciate that. Uh, Ian also says Chase on, and then Michael said Chase on as well. So a little back and forth with the people. I like it. Here's the thing, okay? I say this a lot about, like, getting the Jags better. A year ago, I wrote this big piece, actually, about getting the Jags better. What's it going to take? Like, why, how can you flip this thing? Well, I don't think I was really wrong about what you needed to flip the thing. The bottom line is it didn't happen from communication to culture to hit on your big picks to cultivate your players to uh, find the quarterback. You know, there, there were seven of them, and those were five off the top of my head. 
Well, I thought Urban was going to help provide culture and communication. He sucked. Yeah. Like, he was bad at it. Yeah, bad. And, and, he, and he derailed them in that regard. Um, not enough time yet to see the cultivation of players, uh, but I think Josh Allen, which we maybe we'll talk about here in a little bit, I think that fifth-year option and extension would help do that, to be honest. I tweeted that earlier today. Um, hopefully the quarterback's the quarterback. And one of them was you can't miss on these top picks. And that's why this pick becomes so big once again. You got this number one overall pick. You better hope ETN is good. But somewhere in all of that is luck. And the Jags have gotten lucky in certain spots before. Heck, look at James Robinson. That's an extremely lucky spot. Sure. What they've been able to do at the, the, the spot there uh, at running back. Uh, they need to get luckier in spots like Smooth, like Arden Key. Whoa, he found himself in the NFL. Look at this guy go at 25 years old. They need a guy like Chason to take a step, help them out, at least be somewhat of a contributor. Don't just be empty. They've had too many empty players. There's one thing to be a bust, not live up to first-round talent, um, and then there's another thing to just be an empty, do-nothing, no-impact guy that's sitting on the sidelines, yeah. but we're keeping you on here because we picked you at 20th overall a couple years back. Yeah. Like, I take a guy like Tyson Alualu, and Tyson Alualu was disappointing, I think most people would say, as a 10th overall selection back in the 2010 draft. He's been a heck of a football player in the NFL. If you picked him in the second round, the third round, heck, if you picked him 28th overall, I think you might like his production and be like, hey, great job, Tyson Alualu, that was a nice pick. So that's what I, really right now at a chase on, if you could get just production Anything, and yeah. impact, like I don't care where he's picked anymore, neither should this regime. They didn't pick him. Well, Bulky was a little bit part of it, but... So I think this takes luck along the way. And can Ben Barch develop into a guy that where you don't need to fill the guard role? Because in year three, he really takes off. Can Caleb on chase on give you some production? Can Arden Key be a $7 million signing that plays like a $15 million signing? This is what happens around the league. People get lucky. The, the, the Raiders have turned this around a little bit in part because well, they've been patient with Derek Carr. They put more around him. They've gotten better players in there at times. But they also have a guy like Max Crosby that was a third-round pick and is playing like a first-round pick. That's so, yes. and, and we did that here in Jacksonville, by the way. Yannick Ngakwe contributed. Telvin Smith contributed. Those guys contributed to, like, that 2017 defense that was so dang good. So we need a little bit of that in Jacksonville if we're going to fix this thing. Uh, for sure. And, and I think that's just what happens uh, in the NFL with the good teams. I think if you go to Tennessee, I think over the years you go to New England, even Kansas City, where they have this great quarterback and they've had a heck of a run and they have a great coach and all this stuff, they have been lucky in spots. You have to get lucky. You look at the Legion of Boom and go back and look at the origin of that team and that roster and look how lucky they got to build it that way. Very fortunate out there in Seattle. So, hey, the bottom line is the Jags could use a little luck in all this. Uh, they could also make better decisions if they're going to flip it. And they need better. Hopefully, Doug's a better decision. Hopefully, what they have moving forward in free agency was a good decision. I said it takes five to eight decisions to really start flipping this thing. Doug, a couple of free agents, a couple of good draft picks. Well, there's a handful of them if you can make the right decisions. So we'll see if they can do it. I want to talk uh, quickly about a uh, receiver in this draft. Mm-hmm. Are we talking enough about it or too much about it for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Um, I would say enough because 
I don't think it's worth getting excited over four or five guys that you probably have no chance of ending up with if you don't trade out of the number one pick, which they're not. Because I don't think a lot of these guys are going to be around, even to the point where you can trade back in in the late first round. I think by 20 and when we're in the the bottom, whatever, third of the first round, I think a lot of those guys are the names you know are going to be gone. So I think we're at, at a good spot where the names that we've talked about pretty good amount the George Pickens and Justin Ross. Those are the guys I think it's going to be coming down to because I think the Ohio State guys, obviously Drake London, Jamison Williams, I think those guys will be long gone. If Jamison Williams is the best player in this draft, which some people think that he could be, best receiver in this draft, they think he could be Tyreek Hill. If he's Tyreek Hill good, if you think he's that good, can they take him number one? Should they take him number one? Um, could they? Could he be in the mix here? <laughs> I, I'm never going to put anything past them because Jags, but I would be surprised. I don't hate the idea of taking a receiver number one that some people do uh, because of how valuable these guys have become. And if you're a good receiver, you're just flat out one of the best players in the league. I would be shocked also with the injury, but I would be shocked if it happened. But I think it could theoretically. Like, I don't think it would be horrible, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it would get hammered, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it would get hammered, but, you know, Duval. We do our things our own way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to spin it. But, I, yeah, they'd get hammered for sure, 100%. Okay, but, like, why? Why? Here, here's why I asked the question. Twofold. When I was reading stuff on Jameson Williams, I hear the name Tyreek Hill. What I like to hear is the name Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase was picked fifth overall, and I think any team right now would have taken him fifth overall. They also would have taken him first, second, third, or fourth overall. So if if I'm telling you that Jameson Williams is Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill kind of good, well, why wouldn't you consider that? Also, if Jamison Williams was going to be a top ten guy, like your guy Drake London seems to be right on the fringe of yeah. right now, then would, the Jet, would we be talking more about Jamison Williams, number one, if he did not – have the ACL, and and he was. I think if he didn't have the ACL, I think he'd be a top ten pick. Do you agree? Yes. Okay. Top, I, top seven. Top five. Top seven maybe. pick. Yeah. So if he's a top seven pick, and we're talking about the best players available in the draft at each position, then why wouldn't we would be? I would assume we'd be talking a little bit more about could the Jags draft James and Williams. And when Trent Bulky says, "Hey, we're looking at four guys," you might put Williams in that category. Yeah, yeah, I think without the injury, yes, you could you could do that. And it, it's it's kind of like the Kyle Hamilton effect, right? No injury there, but if you think he's the best player in the draft, although it's not the position that you usually draft number one overall, should you make the case and go get him? But Jamison Williams, I think, obviously wide receiver, more impact. And without the injury, especially on this team, I think there's definitely, there would have been a case to be made. Now, no. But I think without the injury, absolutely there's a case to be made when, obviously, they don't love one guy. We know that to be true. Yeah, so they'd like to trade out of it. I mean, really, ideally, if you could set the table, the Jags would trade out to number 15 and grab Jamison Williams right now, maybe. That's fair. I mean, for all we know, he is up on the top of their board, and they just can't do it because they, they, they just can't do it. <laughs> I, I just think, listen, we're coming off a year – 
Well, this is why I asked the – we're coming off a year, by the way, where Jamar Chase was so big. We're coming off a year where we just saw Devontae Adams go to another team, and we know how good he's been. We still know how good Tyreek Hill has been and how much he's added to that team, and we wonder if Kansas City, even with Mahomes and Reed and Kelsey and the rest, will be the same without a guy like Tyreek Hill. If Jamison Williams is of that ilk, is, of, is that good, even with an injury, I think you've got to consider it. The other side of this, and we'll talk more about the other side of this a little bit later on, but are we talking too much about jet, about receiver like at 33 or jumping back in? It doesn't even make sense for the Jags given what they tried to do, at least in free agency. Whether you agree it's good or not, they made an effort to get better at that position and spend a lot of money. Is it worth spending more draft capital in the second round or doing what a guy like me wants them to do and trade up to go get a receiver later in the first round? Is that even worth it? Like, is that a silly argument to even make based on what they already have, what they've already done, and what they've invested in that position? We'll talk a little more receiver coming up a little bit later on. we got to take a break. Uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp on fire lately. We're going to go to Charlotte, talk a little bit about the shrimp and what's happening with them. Right back to NFL Draft Talk. Shock your mock coming up at 4 o'clock and uh, more on the receiver position. And I want to talk a little bit about the rest of the league. We talk Jags, Jags, Jags on the draft. What about the rest of the league yeah. going into this 2022 NFL draft? A lot of football today. We are live at iCryo in St. John's at Pavilion at Durban Park. Come on out say hello until 6 o'clock on ESPN 690. One pretty high in the air, deep to right. Adolfo going back near the wall, looks up, gone! Lorenzo Quintana socks a three-run opposite field home run. And the Jumbo Shrimp grab a 3-0 lead in the top of the first inning. That is Scott Kornberg, play-by-play with a Jumbo Shrimp, who uh, were up in Charlotte this morning, actually had an 11 o'clock game, and they got the job done. Nice win. Uh, once again, for the Jumbo Shrimp, Brett Martino, Casey Kurtz here. The wind blowing a little bit, just picked up. Uh, and got to watch my beet salad, Casey. Dude, that's disgusting. Uh, blow away. Two days in a row of beet salad. I, b- best case scenario, it blows away. <laughs> and is gone. It goes down some gutter or something. Then it's gone forever. <laughs> it's, it's terrific. It looks bad, I agree with you, but it actually tastes really good. Uh, never so much beet salad talk on a radio show in the history of, of sports radio. That is for sure. We are uh, live at uh, iCryo, Recovery and Wellness. And by the way, believe in your health with some beet salad, too. See that? Uh, Hanging out at iCryo. Just opened on Saturday. Uh, Check it out down here in St. John's County. It's like a new wave thing. And uh, actually, Joel Romano, who who owns it, just was telling me, said, had somebody like who does CrossFit and works out and travels all over the country, said, hey, this is the nicest one they've been in. They do a lot of uh, cryotherapy all across the country. And so a nice little um, note from that one person. Uh, at just how good it is down here in St. John's County at the Pavilion at Durban Park. Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Scott is on, right? We got Scott? We do. Uh, Scott Kornberg from Charlotte taking a few minutes. Play-by-play man, Mr. Everything for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. That was another good call today or recently, or you've had a lot of them. Walk-off wins, home runs, a lot of excitement for the Jumbo Shrimp, Scott. Yeah, well, guys, thanks for having me on. And, and uh, beef salad, my mom is a big fan, by the way. So, All right. Um, <laughs> Hello, Mom. But we have won our jumbo have won 9 of 10. And um, obviously today getting four home runs. They win 9 to 2. 
over the weekend, two walk-off victories. So, um, you know, people I know were, were like, what's going on with this team when they started 1-5? and five? But I, I had a feeling they would turn it around. I just didn't know it was going to be this quick. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, listen, they have the talent. You knew it. Uh, we knew it. And a little slow start getting to know each other. It could be a bunch of things, right? The chemistry, the coaching, figuring it out, just a slow start. Who knows? But this this team has the talent to be like this. Max Meyer, he's terrific, and he's been terrific. Is he going to be here all year, or is that a guy that keep an eye on him? He could be gone sooner than later. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, he could be gone sooner rather than later. He's just he's so good. and. He's only made six starts in AAA, so his next one will come on Saturday. And, uh, I mean, he's just been fantastic. So this year, 1.83 ERA, 27 strikeouts in less than 20 innings. Uh, I mean, he's got the highest swinging strike rate in the league um, of all the 90-plus pitchers who have thrown at least 10 innings this year. So that means when opponents swing, they miss more often on him than anybody else. So... Um, I would venture to guess that it's not that much longer for him to go up to the to the major leagues, but that's the thing, and that's what you want. I mean, there's a few guys on this roster that are probably too good for AAA, and they're just blocked right now. Marlins have a ton of pitching, and that's the case for Meyer, but all it takes is an injury here, trade there, you know, maybe a guy who's in the slump, and um, I think luckily for, for the Jumbo Shrimp, there's a lot of talent on this roster that they should be pretty darn good even yeah, no, withstanding some losses. Yeah, no doubt about it. It looks like it. Uh, hey, how good was the Ronald Acuna uh, with Gwinnett last week? I mean, it looked awesome, and the crowds were terrific. The weather cooperated. Uh, that was just like a perfect week for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrink Shrimp in a lot of different oh ways, gosh. right? Because you got W's, too. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Winners are five out of six. But, but more importantly, you know, the, the people – who came out seemed to have a great time and that's that's really what we're about right the baseball stuff there is a segment of people who care about that but um you know in our office i'm probably one of the very few who does and we were just really fortunate that that i mean not just in this last series brent and casey but really the first one as well that, that we've had just great support and it helps that you know we're another year through this pandemic um so people are still continuing to feel more and more comfortable coming out Obviously, it helps that Ronald Acuna is playing for Gwinnett. Um, we had 9,000-plus here on Saturday, 8,000-plus on um, on Friday, nearly 7,000 people on Thursday, 5,000-plus um, by a good amount on Tuesday and, and Sunday. And Wednesday was a day game, and I think we had over 4,000. So um, the crowds have been electric. And that's the thing with the, the players is they always say, you know, coming here like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited to be in Jacksonville. And, yes, part of it is they are getting promoted. But, B, the crowds aren't like this everywhere. The fans are so good here, and they're so into the game, and they pack the ballpark. I mean, we're so appreciative of that. And so are our guys because they love playing in front of crowds like that. So it's not like that in the lower levels of the minor leagues. And the Jumbo Shrimp outdraw major league teams at times. So. Yeah. Um, they've been incredible. We, we, we're very, very appreciative um, to our fans for that the first few weeks of the season. Uh, let's wrap up with Scott Kornberg, uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. They got another win today. What do you do now, man? You, you're done for like the day. You don't play again until <laughs> tomorrow night. Like, you going to golf? You go check out some restaurants, take a walk? Uh, what are you doing? Well, it was raining for a little while right after the game, so that was an issue. But it's sunny now, so I, I'm going to – if anyone knows of any good restaurants or breweries or whatever, you know, hit me up on – 
on Twitter at Scott Kornberg because I got the evening. I'll, I'll watch some NBA basketball, maybe some baseball later tonight. But I am, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm looking for something. So if you've got any good recommendations, let me know. Yeah, not me, but somebody probably will. Hit up Scott Kornberg <laughs> on Twitter and tell him where to go. Got to be a brewery or two or a restaurant or two in the Charlotte area. Good luck tomorrow. You can listen to the game, of course, right here on ESPN 690 tomorrow night. Scott, thanks for taking a few minutes, man. Enjoy the trip to Charlotte. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. You bet. Uh, that is Scott Kornberg from the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. It's fun when they play well. You know, I always say this about minor league baseball. They don't have to play well to go have fun. And But it's fun when they do play well. And yeah, they've had Acuna, and, and tell you what, man, Max Meyer, we talk about Acuna because it, a trip like that was awesome to see him play in Jacksonville. And I don't know why he hasn't been called up yet. I guess maybe later this week or maybe another stint. We'll see. I haven't read up on that. Right. But uh, but Max Meyer is every bit worth going to the ballpark and seeing in Jacksonville. You might only get a few more starts here. Oh, yeah, you need to go. It's pretty straightforward. The dude's incredible. He was the uh, number three pick in the draft for a reason. He's been pretty much unstoppable since he started pitching in Jacksonville this season at the end of last season as well. So uh, you want to see this guy because if not, you're going to have to go to Miami to do it. That drive is horrible. You can even fly. But nonetheless, just do it while he's in Jacksonville. It's so much easier. Hey, we are live at iCryo here in St. John's County. Uh, come on out, say hello. Pavilion at Durban Park. iCryo just opened over the weekend. We're here until 6 o'clock, and uh, we'll be back. Shock your mock season continues. Just a couple more days of it on ESPN 690 when we get back.